right, and welcome to Fast Break Breakfast NBA Podcast. My name is Keith, here alone for an interview episode. The regular episode with John and Chuck this week will be out a little later, probably, possibly on Friday, because I think we're going to wait for the end of the regular season, and that episode will probably be gigantic, possibly a two-parter. Anyways, today's guest is someone I've been trying to hunt down for a while to be on the show, comedian Ian Carmel. He's a big NBA fan, a big part of NBA Twitter, and he is a professed listener of Fast Break Breakfast, to which we are very proud of that fact. Ian has actually gone the next step as a listener and become one of our Patreon supporters, actually contributing money to our show every month. So if you want to be awesome like Ian and pledge a few bucks a month, you can go to patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast and support us. Perhaps you want to give a few bucks to join our exclusive Slack chat where we talk about basketball and everything else around the clock 24-7. Or maybe you want to step up like Ian and join one of our higher producer levels. And a free way you can support the show is to go to fastbreakbreakfast.com and vote for the Memorial Magic alumni team for the basketball tournament. We've redirected fastbreakbreakfast.com to go straight to their team page and you click vote for this team. You fill out the form, make sure you verify that email address so your vote counts. We are trying to recruit voters, so it's a big favor to us if you go there and vote for that team. All right, and now for the interview with Ian, just a heads up, it is uncensored. I didn't bother bleeping anything in case you are listening with your impressionable parents. Just a warning, there is some grown-up language. Ian. Hello. How's it going? It's good. How are you doing? Man, I'm good. Sorry about, uh, sorry about the delay there. I had, a, I had a quick work email thing I had to do. Oh, no, that delay was nothing. <laughs> All good. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. How are you? How's your, how's your day going? It's going just fantastic. You're having a big day. It is It is a big day. The clinch. I'm telling you. Oh, so you're having a big day. Yeah. Uh, with the Portland Trailblazers clinching. I'm talking about your big day. I don't know how you live your life out on the West Coast. You, uh, when you said you were going to do uh, this this show, and, and I guess, yeah. and, and we're we're in it right now. We're uh, recording. Oh, perfect. Good. I mean, why not? I mean, this, this seems seems like it'll work. Uh, I like I like a ca- I like a, a nice a nice casual beginning. Why why bother with formality? Well, I feel like you sound like you're on. I mean, you're a professional, so I assume you know the phone rang. You sounded like you were on. So uh, I'm I'm bo- born on a green light, man. Yeah. No, I'm saying when you uh, when we were talking about you doing the fast break breakfast, you were like, yeah, yeah, Sunday will work. I'm going to be very hungover. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm like, wow, you have that. You have that. You have a a hangover planned out days ahead. Written written in pen on the calendar. Yeah, it was it was my uh, it was my sister's 40th birthday last night. So we did like a big surprise party, and then on top of that, anytime I come home to Portland, I I just treat it. I treat it like I'm like I'm gonna be dead at the end of the weekend. So you're, I don't, I don't know why I do it. Well, that's, that's awesome. Uh, the, the other fun part was, uh, you having the hangover planned in and then, yeah. uh, you waking up somewhere between three to four hours after we'd scheduled to talk. 
So, yes. so that that's a big day. <laughs> <laughs> that was a real big day. Yeah, I woke up. I think about uh, two two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I thought I had a, I thought I had tough times wrangling my uh, you know the regular co-host John and Chuck. Like I give them fake times. Y- yeah. You know, like like oh yeah yeah we're we're, we're recording at two thirty. And 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 the idea being like, man, if we don't start recording by three thirty, we're gonna have trouble. You know, so like, right. no. <laughs> but you're with uh, me whole weeks. You gotta give me like a whole <laughs> weeks ahead of time. But uh, so uh, you are you are in Portland. Any chance? That, did you make it to the huge uh, Dame Lillard Saturday night game? I did. That was my. That was when my sister's party was. So, but like everyone there was a Blazers fan, so we were all following along on our phones. And like all of a sudden, it was like holy shit! It, like in the first quarter, I would assume that was like an error or something like that. That he scored twenty six points. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we didn't we didn't go to the game, but people people all over the city were stoked. The and then did you? I don't know if you saw today. So last night, obviously, uh, on Saturday night, we're talking on late Sunday night. Uh, late for me. Early. This is like brunch time for you. It's just been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. I gotta actually go in a couple of minutes because I got lunch plans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, but then, uh, then today on Sunday, Russell Westbrook put what oh my many God. are saying the punctuation on his MVP season. But the big moment of that was eliminating the Nuggets and punching the ticket for the Trailblazers. It was it was beautiful. I've and I've I've liked Russ all season, and now now just even more. Any any doubt in my mind? It Russell Westbrook Brook is uh, frustrating to me because I want to hate the Thunder because of the they they you know because of the Seattle Sonics thing. But I just I just can't anymore. I can't. All all of the hate that was in my heart is gone. I I love him so much, even though he's the division rival. I hate. I've talked a lot on our show how I didn't think he was MVP, and I don't really want to talk about this MVP race much. But the uh, he, he eviscerated the Grizzlies the last two times they played, where he scored. Yeah, I mean, without joking, he scored like the last fourteen points in both games, where it was like this is That's just absurd. Uh, and then seeing him, and I'm actually glad I missed this because the Nuggets have been my my cheat team for the whole year, like m- yeah. m- my little side piece for for the season, and like I, I adore Jokic. So I'm actually happy. I, I was I was feeding my kid. I, I was going outside and playing, and I looked on the phone, and it was all the Russ Westbrook highlights. Like the last I knew, you know, the Nuggets <laughs> season was still alive, and they were up by like 13 or 10. And I, I'm I'm honestly glad I didn't see him do that, like live. He, I mean, it was the rip. Yeah. It's the rip the heart out. It's the last of the Mohicans when Magua takes the heart of of the general and just you know shows it. It's still being if he wins the MVP, he should accept the trophy standing on top of a pile of Denver Duggets <laughs> or on K- Kevin Durant. I mean, I, I, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. You got to give yeah, yeah. you got to give Kevin Durant the uh, like the half MVP assist for just leaving him. It's like Dude, for giving him giving him the room to grow to turn into the person. He was like a he was like a college girlfriend who you really liked, but you knew ultimately it wasn't going to work out. And now he's become the man we all knew he could be. You are. You are speaking my language. That's <laughs> <laughs> he's. I was at the game where he dented his head. Oh, you that were. Happened. I was at, and I remember. I remember seeing it. You know, because it's not on TV, so no one's talking about it. I'm like, does he have a damn dent in his head? And I, and that was the be, like beginning of the love affair. And ever since then, he's he might be one of my favorite players to watch. Like I always kind of liked him, 
But now, like, I, I feel like because of, again, this is just my Grizzlies homerism, because they played in the playoffs yeah. a few times, like, like I kind of hated them. And then, like I, like, I don't feel like I'm bringing that in this season when I talk about not really agreeing with his MVP candidacy. But now I feel like he's won me over. The fact that he's hitting all these shots that used to be the problem of his game. Like, right, exactly. Like, every other year, it was like, yes. We want it to be a close game because Russ will take it over and lose. Like, he'll just miss all these right. shots. And he's so locked in. He, he's kind of like Steph Curry, like, the last two years. Regu- regular season Steph Curry. Uh, right. Where, like, he, exactly. he's, he's so <laughs> locked in this year. He's hitting all these crazy threes. And you're like, well, this is just this is ridiculous. It's it's the craziest hot streak. And can't, I know we don't want to talk too much about the MVP thing, but, we, like, Bill Simmons and all these other people that are now calling like the uh, the triple double an arbitrary stat, which I I suppose it is, but sports sports are arbitrary, so it's like it's a cool it's a cool way to mark you know what's happening. I don't I don't get where there's there's all this like triple doubles and shit revisionism. I I, going on. I understand to a degree, but let's yeah, but let's move on. Uh, let's move on. Let's move on. Ian Carmel, who uh, y- you have joined us as a uh, I'm doing a little intro now. Uh, oh, nice. I like that. That midway intro. Yeah, throwing it in. Because uh, you are a, I guess I'll give you a little, the bio, stand-up comedian, a writer for the Late Late Show, the host of the All yeah. Fantasy Everything podcast. Yes, thank you. Um, what is your breakfast routine? Ooh, you know, it, it varies from day to day. I've been, I've been doing a thing for the past few weeks because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a gentleman of a larger carriage. <laughs> I'm a, uh, I'm a big dude. So I've been, I've been trying to only eat between noon and eight o'clock. So I don't, I haven't even been having breakfast for the last couple of weeks. Well, isn't there a thing? And I'm a, I'm a skinny, I got the, the skinny gene. Like I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a slight person. You could beat me up. You could push me over easily. Um, I would never never do it i would never that was the universal uh a person could knock me over if they wanted to um and there are are those people out there they uh they're they're oklahoma city fans in my mind yeah um (laughs) the what uh i thought there was something though like if you ate early it got your engine going and that was good you know i thought i I thought there was like a weight loss thing where like like if you uh you know wake up eat an apple or eat something and that gets the uh like i don't know the carburetor warming up like that that gets it going i've I've heard but i don't i've heard that too but my dad did this and you 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 work out like in the morning uh and then and I, i i don't know what the science behind it is and i could very well be doing more harm than good because i do because i do love breakfast I still I still eat breakfast food. I just don't do it at breakfast time. Well, do you have so so? I mean, being on fast break breakfast and always talking yeah. about breakfast uh, to start is what is your favorite breakfast though? Oh God, I love a breakfast burrito. Oh, so good. I'm a bre- I'm a breakfast burrito guy. I like it with. There's this place near my work. It's called Erewhon, which is like I think nowhere spelled backwards, and it's <laughs> I, I now hate it. <laughs> It's the it's the kind of place that can only exist in Los Angeles. It's like this. It's if it makes Whole Foods look like normal grocery stores. You know what I mean? It's the Whole Foods of Whole Foods, basically. It's everything is like like gluten free. Yeah. Natural ingredient. Everything's expensive. I regularly see like uh, Jaden Smith in there and shit like that, like hanging out. And most of their stuff is obnoxious, but they have this breakfast burrito. 
that's so fucking good. I don't know what I don't know what it is. It's like a bacon and an egg, and they have these like really good salsas that come with it. And that I think that's my favorite breakfast food I've ever eaten. Do you have a that? Sorry, go ahead. That or there's this place in Portland called Pine State Biscuits. I've actually been there, which is crazy good. I'm I'm not I'm not, a, I'm not a, from a biscuit. Portland isn't like a biscuit dense region, so I don't know how it rates with other biscuits. But I I love it. How did you like it? I liked it just fine. I am not a I'm not a foodie. Yeah. Like, like there's a lot of food where I'm like, that's not good. But if you hit a certain parameter, it all becomes fine. Yeah. And, and so like, you know, I feel, feel like Pine State Biscuits, a place where when you visit a place, it's one of those where like, oh, go there. So I, I, I went there and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, good. That passed the bar. That passed my, ver- my very low bar. Binary system, good or bad. You're not like talking about the terroir. Of the of the wheat they used, and because it's from a fifty mile radius or some shit like that. Right, right. I definitely get criticized on our show when Chuck and John are here because they know a little more about food. That they, they yeah. describe my palate as being childlike. I just maintain if I can get a, a Chipotle burrito for seven dollars, it's hard for me to force myself to pay more for anything else. I I like Chipotle. Do people hate on Chipotle? I never know what's supposed to be cool or not. I think it's. I think it has become. Uh, people look down their nose at now Chipotle. Like, like l- liking Chipotle is is a badge of honor in a, in a bad way. Of like, oh, you know, not very sophisticated. That's that's crazy to me. It's a it's a burrito. Exactly. We're not. <laughs> there's no pretense here, guys. It's rice I mean, and bean. I like the way the rice, beans, and chicken taste. Like, what's wrong with that? That's all I want to eat. It is, a, it is a beautiful medley, and just because it's made from a restaurant owned by the Coca Cola Corporation doesn't mean they can't mix those three ingredients together. Exactly. Even after the diarrhea thing happened where like Chipotle made like a bunch of people really sick. I ate there that week. I didn't care. It didn't I, scare me off at all. Never stopped going. I got free burritos. The lines were thin. They would walk in. They'd be like, hey, man, don't worry about it. They, they just wanted to keep stoking my, my patronage. They, I think- <laughs> they, have to keep, they, they have to appeal to their base. I just you you turn back to your base when times get rough. Like, you know, what's not going to get you sick, you know, when you eat it first is all that fast food where it's just that's not actual food. It's been sprayed down with ammonia. Like, yeah, like actual food. Sometimes you're going to catch a thing from it like this stuff, you know, exactly. And the safest time to go to a Chipotle is. And again, there's no science behind this, but it (laughs) seems right is right after they just gave everyone food poisoning because, you know, they're not going to do it again. That's how I felt. Yeah. I felt I kept going strong. Um, I want to talk about your job where you work for the Late Late Show, and yeah. and now I, I go to bed really early, and I know all these things are posted o- online, uh, and I've actually been catching up. Very funny stuff, but oh, thank you. I hadn't even noticed, uh, or maybe it was brought to my attention. You guys are doing a lot of stuff with NBA players. Um, we are, yeah. Are other shows doing that, or is that are you get, trying to make that kind of like your niche? I, I don't even know if it's a conscious thing we're doing. Our our executive producer has become very close friends with JJ Redick. Okay. And like and 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 has since become like fascinated with basketball. And the uh the VP of late night at CBS um on the on the West Coast is also super into basketball. So we have a lot of people uh high I don't think James doesn't really James kinda likes basketball, it's his favorite American sport. But he's not super invested in it. It's all these other people around him. So, yeah, we've had even – we had, like, Chris Bosh on, like, last summer, I think. We've had Anthony Davis on. We've had even, like, basketball players who you wouldn't think would be on late night. Um, 
You haven't had and any Grizzlies on, as far as I can tell. We have not had any Grizzlies. I, <laughs> I think we were. I think we were out to. Uh, I think we were out to. Oh God, I was trying to think of an obscure Grizzly player, but I am obviously hungover. Uh, <laughs> we may have had Chandler Parsons on. Oh no, that was on Chelsea lately. When I worked on Chelsea lately, we had Chandler Parsons, but it was. Uh, that makes sense. Houston Rock, yeah, totally makes sense. I'm surprised he wasn't like a, a regular guest. Or like if she got sick, he would come in and fill in. He Chandler Parsons was there, and we used on the show. I wore a Damian Lillard T-shirt, uh, and just like hung out in the back and hoped he'd notice me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm curious, how do you balance as a as someone working on these shows and someone who you know was with a degree of success, but still you're you're a big NBA fan. Yeah. How, how do you uh, do? Do you have any of that? Like, I'm excited to meet this person. I'm just gonna play it cool. Or do, like, do you want to go get the photos and uh, be like, Hey, could you uh, tell me something cool about the NBA? I, I I I try to play it cool now, especially on this show. On on Chelsea lately, for some reason, we were encouraged to interact with the guests more, like as writers. And on uh, the Late Late Show, it's a little bit more of a professional affair because it's on network. People bring their publicists. So I try, I try to maintain a respectful distance, but um, if I'm working with them, like we shot some stuff with Blake Griffin, uh, and the li- the life coach stuff. Yeah, yeah, the life coach stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, we shot that, and so I got to help write that and hung out with Blake Griffin all day. And then if you're working with them, I'll like, I you know, you'll I'll talk to him and try to get cool stories out of him and try to subtly direct them to sign with the Trailblazers. <laughs> Although we don't have any cap room anymore, so that's a that's a, that's a, that's a folly, but, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I, I try to, I try to stay back. I do get starstruck though still. Um, but my, mostly by the NBA players. Like if, like, I don't care if like Jennifer Lopez is on the show, she seems lovely, but like, it doesn't do anything for me. But yeah, when Anthony Davis was on, I was like, Oh my God, it's Anthony Davis. And like, like peer around corners and just look at him because <laughs> it seems impossible. Like that someone like that can exist. So Blake Griffin seems incredibly, he seems incredibly likable whenever you see him on a commercial, on a comedy show. Like I watched some of his stand up that whatever that clip he did somewhere, like he oh, seems, yeah, <laughs> he seems a very personable, likable player when he's on the court. I hate him. He, I, th- I think he's my least favorite player of the last like eight years. Like I hate him. And I, and, and yeah. Part of it is seeing him off the court. Like you see him as a guest on a talk show. You're like, you seem cool. Or like hearing an interview, like you seem like an easygoing, funny guy. And then he gets on the court and I hate him. Like what's going on? He's, he's the coolest dude in the world off the court. But I'm 100% with you. Maybe it's because he was homeschooled. Maybe he just wasn't socialized properly. <laughs> so he's just like supposed to be, he's, he's default a nice guy. But like once he gets into high tension situations, you know, he, he, he didn't have that uh, upbringing around other people to fall back on. He, but it's weird. He's, so, he's such a baby on the court. And I, off, the, off the court, I love him. He's, like, authentically funny. He's, like, there, there's, like, you know, funny for a basketball player. Like, funny for someone who's, you know, because when, when you work in comedy, you're, you're, uh, I guess your radar gets kind of tweaked. Because you're around funny people all the time. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, Blake is like – he would be a funny comedian. If he just wanted to do comedy, he he could just do comedy I think. It would take a few years, but he's like – he was adding stuff. He was like improvising lines when we were shooting with him that were like funnier than some of the stuff we wrote. 
So I guess it's good that he's in uh, the NBA because I might be out of a job if he wasn't. But Chris he- Paul, too. Chris Paul is like a cool, nice guy. And on the court, he just seems like the worst person. He seems like he would stab you with a broken wine bottle <laughs> on the court. But off the court, he's like another funny, easygoing dude. I agree. I don't know where those Clippers, it, it's, it, does it all go to Doc? Is it just think, bad yes. training? I think it comes down from Doc. Although you're what gonna, I'm thinking about. You're going to out if your coach does, you know? Yeah, I'm thinking about Blake Griffin. And, and another one of the things is that really bugs me is the stuff I see on the court and in the games is like that real for lack of a better word, like bro humor. Like he, yeah. like he had that thing where he grabbed the trainer's head and like shoved it into his crotch, like on national TV. And I'm like, people can't do that. And that guy, <laughs> that guy's making like 50 grand or something. I don't know what that guy's making, but like, you can't, you can't take a person who makes like one hundredth of what you make and be like, Hey, like, you know, you give me a blow job. Ha ha ha. Yeah. yeah so, you can't, you can't stun on him. That's like definitely, you know, Rich dude shutting down a key a ski resort behavior. Yeah. Like that kind of shit. And he and he broke his hand punching that dude like that last year. So I can't I have trouble balancing like everything I see on the games I hate. And then I hear those stories, the big stories. So then when I see him in real life, or I don't whatever I don't know what real life is. Then when I see the off the court persona he's presenting, it bothers me. The, it makes the you wonder which which one is the real Blake Griffin? My friend David Borey, who's on, uh, who does my podcast with me, All Fantasy Everything, has a theory about uh, redheaded black dudes that they're the they're the scariest dudes. I should say David is black. This is his theory, but like yeah, you have to, you have to qualify it, that to make that. They get it, they get it from both sides, you know. Yeah, everyone makes fun of them. So uh, that's that's his theory, and it could it could be true with Blake Griffin. It's not a, it's not a bad theory. I can't, I, I can't comment on it though, as a, uh... I can't either. I'm just pointing <laughs> out <what> David Borey thinks <laughs> any complaints at the G is silent on Twitter. That's, uh, that's great. So I'm curious, what is your origin story, uh, as an NBA fan and becoming a trailblazers fan? I was bit by a radioactive bill Walton. Is my... <laughs> uh, we, I, I guess my, my parents are blazers fans. So we grew up like watching blazer games on a, on blazer cable. I still remember like the, uh, theme song. And then, uh, yeah, my dad like took me to games when I was like, what, how old was I? When I was like eight years old, it was the beginning of like the uh, Clyde Drexler, Terry Porter, you know, Jerome Kersey, Duckworth blazer teams, which were so fun. Like the era. And I went to a preschool and kindergarten at the Middleman Jewish community center, which is where the blazers practiced. So, like, you would just see them hanging out. Like, uh, like Kevin Duckworth gave me a piggyback ride once. So it just seemed like they, it seems they seem so approachable. Uh, and like that's that's how I got into it. I loved them. I probably love sports. I love sports now, but I probably loved it even more back then. I would make construction paper trailblazers and send them to the team. Like I would sit sit at my little craft table and like cut out blazer jerseys and like glue them together. For fun. That's a, it's brilliant. So you're a lifelong, I, I'm jealous. Like you being a lifelong fan, having the parents being involved. I'm jealous of that. My, uh, my parents don't care about the NBA at all. I mean, how did you get into it? I got into it. I don't know. I mean, I was into basketball. Like I, I was a college basketball fan growing up in Nashville or outside Nashville. So like, I like college basketball. I really feel like I got into playing NBA live 
you know, in yes. like in like '95 or '6, like I played tons of NBA Live, and so like I was into it. Like I remember watching the Bad Boy Pistons when I was eight or so, like when they started. So like I got really into that, but it was still just national TV, and I was just I don't know. I just it honestly was the video game, and then when I went to college, or actually my parents got cable my senior year of high school. Like we didn't have cable, and so yeah. like my senior year of high school started watching TNT or TBS that stuff, and then in college. Uh, I went to Florida State, and the Magic and the Heat, like all their games were on, and the idea of NBA games being on was so novel and interesting. And I was watching Doc Rivers coaching like Bo Outlaw and Daryl Armstrong. Right, right. You know they they were like playing five hundred ball. Doc's winning Coach of the Year, uh, and so I was into that. And and at the exact same time, around then two thousand, they announced the Grizzlies were coming. So it was the, it was all that I guess that whirlwind of playing lots of NBA like crazy amounts unhealthy amounts of NBA live. I did not do well. Well, I was a musician. I got a musician like I, I got a composition degree in college. Yeah. Uh that takes no work. <laughs> so you really majored in playing NBA live. Right. No one told me. Yeah. That when you graduate with a music degree, there are no jobs. You should be using this time to like focus on the things you're bad at. I was just making A's, being like, oh, yeah, straight A's, bro. I'm going to go play NBA Live. What job could you get with a music composition degree? Like John Williams? Does John Williams have one of those? No, you don't. He he probably does. I mean, he probably has a master's in composition. But, I mean, there are things you're important to learn. But, like, it's all about, uh, probably in most of, like, the humanities, it's all about what you're doing. Or or I guess the the arts, you know, it's like, yeah, you can get a degree in theater, but if you're not studying and working on your craft all the time, and it's, I'm sure the same thing for you. Schools don't really offer, do they offer uh, comic degrees? I assume you're taking drama courses and that kind of thing. Like I took took a few like improv and theater classes and stuff like that. Yeah. I majored in political science, but it, while I was doing that, I was doing a ton of comedy. So yeah, you're a hundred percent right. Yes. Like the, the other thing you do. My, uh, my takeaway is like my parents, again, super supportive. Like they, they had money, like they'd worked hard. So there was a college fund and they were like, you can major in whatever you want. And they always encouraged me like, cause I was a good piano player. Like you're good at piano, good at music. So they encouraged me to do that. The one thing I missed out on was just like the, I should work hard. Not that like, like, I think my takeaway, if I tell people to focus on like, if you're going to get a music degree, like, yeah. like don't go into debt and just work hard at it. Like don't. And you don't need to go to school. This is a whole unfunny aside, but this is for the kids. Yeah, this is for the kids. Like it would be just like for my son. If my son wants to study piano, I would be like, "Here's the thing. Uh, you can. Why don't you just go to New York City, and we'll pay for piano lessons and composition lessons for one guy. But like, you don't right. need you don't need to be taking all these college courses. Exactly. You, know? you don't need to. You don't need to be taking like uh, these math classes, the mandatory math classes, while you're learning the piano stuff too. Right. It's you know, it's a little weird because we were I, we're, I think we're probably around the same age. And when we were kids, we, it was the it was the peak of like, go after your dreams and do whatever you want. You know, like that, if you believe in yourself and like the, that whole like find a job you love and you'll never work a day in your life, which is all wisdom that sounds good. But then we, now we're like a generation of people with like two hundred thousand dollars in student loan debt. Right. And, like a creative writing degree. Well, that's, that's the joke we tell people about our, our podcast. Cause like, 
me, my, myself, Chuck, and John, we're kind of all the guys who, when we were in school, like we're, we're making good grades and all the standardized testing. And everyone's yeah. like, oh, yeah, just do it, do what you want, like follow your dream. And it wasn't like, no, 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 you should find a career that you could do a thing. Like, so, like, right. so we were like, no, no, we, we, own, like, we made such good grades in school and they told us we could do whatever we want. And now we're like in our 30s, like, yeah, we don't really have jobs. You know? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Although there aren't really jobs anymore, so right? I guess, so there's that like, too. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's to, they should like Dr. Seuss should like write a book like like instead of oh the places you'll go, it should just be maybe 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 learn how to do accounting. That's, and that's right. the whole book. That's like, what, yeah, we need to tether in the uh, like reel in the the whole Dream Factory stuff just a little bit. It's although, still, still good to have ambition, but man. It's good to have ambition, and I still feel like some of it is like maybe I, I got programmed personally, like I got off the track because outs like after college, like I just worked as a musician the whole time. I made yep. no money and was super happy, and I was like, "This is great! I'm doing what I love. Like I I can watch all the NBA I want. Like I'm just playing piano when people want someone to play piano." And then like after like seven years, I was like. I don't think I'll ever make 40 grand in a year. And, you know, and I don't know if that's, that's, that's not the morally right thing. Like my, my, the goalposts were moved for what I found successful. I was, it used to be, Hey, if I can pay bills and like travel some and buy whatever I like what I want, that's cool. And then it got to be like, I wish I had more money. So I know all it takes is like your transmission going out once to be like, (laughs) let me put the dreams on hold for a minute. Yeah. And not have ever having healthcare. Right, right. <laughs> so, actually, you said you think we're about the same age. I'm pretty sure you're about five years younger than me, just based yeah. on listening to your uh, All Fantasy Everything, where you guys were drafting uh, movies. Maybe it was, like, it was oh, yeah. ba- bad movies. The, but... the one with Zach Harper? Yeah, yeah, I heard that one. Movies, uh, but... <laughs> well, movies featuring an Academy Award nominee or, or winner with under 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, so I heard all you guys talking, and I got the feeling you guys were all the same age because you guys mentioned so many movies that you were like, Swordfish, that movie's amazing. And, I, and like that movie came out when I was in college, and I was like, that movie was terrible. But, like, you know, so it was really funny where I could... saying Swordfish was amazing. I can't co-sign that exact one, but Bad Boys 2... Yes. Right. So, so I thought it was funny. You guys were all so happy about these movies. And I'm like, I think I was five years too old for that. Like, I think I yeah, saw yeah. Bad Boys 2 when I was 20. And I was like, this is kind of offensive. Like, like oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then, like, if you turn it back five years earlier, I'm just like, you know, whatever it was. Like, Broken Arrow is incredible, you know, right, type exactly. thing. So, and you're right. Broken Arrow is incredible. <laughs> is exactly. that like the boss in that one? That's the one with like Brian Bosworth is in it, or is uh, it Howie Long? H- Howie Long is in it. Yeah, Howie Long. That's crazy that they tried to make Howie Long an action movie star. Yeah, he brought it. He was good. He did. I wonder why he stopped. He people still need like a like a like a tough dude with a crew cut. You don't see crew. Maybe this is just because I live in L.A. and I'm from Portland. Do people still have crew cuts in other parts of the country? Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I mean, like, I feel like there's a retro hipster crew cut going around East Nashville, like, very strong. Really? But, you know. I'm not ready for that. I kind of like it. Well, the, the, the idea of the crew cut works if you're not around others with crew cuts. Yeah, that's the whole thing with the facial hair. Like, I have a beard and part of and I've had a, I've had different facial hairs like for 
decade. And yeah. the idea being like, you know what? I'm going to go clean shave. Like, like no one's going clean shave. But then like you walk into a Panera and you're like, oh, everyone here is clean shave. No one can tell yeah. them I'm being different. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm just fitting in. I heard uh, I heard you had a mustache. Do you still have a mustache? Oh, yeah. I got a big, powerful mustache right now. I, I love it. How, it's working well for you? I, I, it it, it kind of cha- it changes my behavior a little bit. Yeah, no, there's power. Yeah. I I'm feel a, a little bit more like an adult. Yeah, but do, like you feel like it's looking good. Are you getting compliments on it? I I am. I'm getting yeah. People, I get compliments, and then those like kind of <laughs> nobody nobody talks shit about it, but you get those weird remarks where people be like, "Rocking a mustache, huh?" And you're yeah. like, "Yeah," and then they have no follow up. I love a mustache. I had a mustache when 10 years ago when I ran into my wife. That was like the icebreaker. She oh, really? was like, hey, uh, you have a mustache or something. Like it was, and I felt it was shocking like 10 years ago. I don't know if you can turn the clock back to, sure. remember, to remember what the, uh, the, the early aughts were like. Like it, no one had mustaches. And so like they, we were, we were growing them and it felt like. like- Child mol- you were a child molester if you had a mustache. Yeah, that was the joke. It's like, oh, windowless van here, you know, yeah. with the mustache. And, like, we would, uh, we were part of this online, some of my friends in Nashville, they ran this online community called Mustache May, and, like, tons of people were in it. And it oh. got, like, kind of big. Like, I feel like, I feel like personal ownership for mustache is getting big. Like, when I saw Brad Pitt with a mustache, I was like, I feel like we did that. Like, that was a... Uh, well, let th- me thank you. As a, as a recent mustache grower... Thank you for thank you for breaking the ground, being a trailblazer. No I loved it. it. The funny part is, uh, jokes on me. Now my wife hates it. Can't go oh, back. No. no. Uh, the um, <laughs> one question about the mustache is, I wonder, do you think it's just that, like, when you get older as a dude, it becomes okay? Like, have thirty year old men forever been like, once you get to be thirty or forty, you're like, you know what, I want a mustache, and then you're like, that looks good, and the twenty five year olds are still like, you look terrible. So I don't, a mustache on a 25-year-old is unnerving. Yeah. It's really unnerving. I think, I think it, you know, when you're, because you get a little bit older and you have, like, some nicer clothes. You have, like, shoes that aren't sneakers and maybe, like, like a denim shirt or whatever, <laughs> the <laughs> chambray or whatever they call it. And then, because the, that churches up the mustache. If you're, if you're dressed kind of schlubby and have a mustache, then the mustache becomes schlubby. But yeah. if you're, like, messed up a little bit. You know, you look like a you look like a 1930s Hollywood movie dude. Exactly. Do you keep it? Do you trim it over the lip, or do you have any coming over the lip? I trim it over the lip. Okay. And yeah. I don't, I'm sorry, that might be too too much for some listeners, but I mean, we'll have to put a warning in the description of this podcast. <laughs> some people will be disgusted by what we're talking about, and I think if uh, your vast amounts of female listeners will be sexually intrigued by all this mustache talk. I will say our demographics were skewing strange from our host blog talk radio. I brought yeah. it, I brought it to their attention, uh, saying, "Hey, you have demographics here. It says fifty six percent of our listeners are female, and that is false. There's no <laughs> chance. Like we're we're a sports <laughs> podcast of dudes. Like there's no way that listeners and those demographics are gone. They took them away. <laughs> they took them away. It's like I went back and looked. There's just, there were just no more any uh, gen- I w- I gender would, demographics. I wouldn't be surprised if it was if it, if it was fifty six percent women." No, there's there's literally no chance. Anytime anytime a girl ats me, like like a, a female NBA fan ats with me on Twitter, I get so excited. Yeah. Like, oh, like you listen to this show. That, that was uh, like that's really cool. You're all you're all very funny, charming gentlemen. And oh. I think I think I think women are lucky to get to listen to you. Thanks, Ian. I appreciate it. 
Hey, uh, so what are you looking forward to? Uh, this Blazer season has been strange. So are, are, are you are you looking forward to the playoffs? Yeah, you know, I like it's it's it'll be a fun opportunity to watch the Blazers play four more games. Um, because they're going to sweep the Warriors, obviously. I am, I am looking forward to the play. I'm looking forward to the playoffs for the Blazers, and then uh, just for the for the playoffs in general. I I just love important games being on like every single night. I probably I probably won't do much stand up over the next couple of months, uh, just because it's hard to find time when there's not a game on. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to. It. It's been with. I'm a little worried about them rushing Nurkic back. Yeah, yo, he's not going to play. I hope I. I mean, I I hope he does, and, but only because he would be at like 100% health, but there's no way that's going to happen. What? And I, I really hope they don't rush him back and like make this knee issue a bigger thing. What was it like getting him just out of the blue? Like all of a sudden, this guy who was unwanted in Denver shows up. You guys get a first-round pick. You, yes. lose your, you lose your boy, Mason Plumley, and all of a sudden, Nurkic kind of takes the team over. I was, I was stoked from Jump Street from the second they announced that trade. Because of that first round pick, I mean that like that they attached to it, and then I just I just love Nurkic. Portland loves Nurkic too, in in a way that's sometimes disconcerting. The way like the city rallies around a good white player, but uh, <laughs> that's an NBA classic. <laughs> that is an NBA classic. I guess that's like every city. But, oh yeah, um, he it's it's been it's been crazy. It really, I mean, you know. We're, this is, I'm not the first person to say this, but what you either sell success or hope, right? And he brought like both. Like we started winning more games, the season turned around, and then like now the future seems bright. He's like a young dude. We don't have any cap space. He's on a good contract. Uh, and like I mean, the screens he set like really activate like Alan Crabb and you know let the let the guards play better. So it's it's been it's been amazing. It's been really. It's been really fun having him here. It's been like a nice surprise during, because the thing about the season, it was like it wasn't going well, and also it looked like well, this is probably what it was going to be like for the next three years, you know? Yeah. Like it's going to be more like thirty-five win seasons for the next three years until we can like either trade CJ or Dame or get out from some of those contracts. Would you? Uh, were you thinking? Were you, were you thinking in your heart trying to decide if it was CJ or Dame for you? I. I go back and forth between the two. I I like them both a lot. I but I still I think you keep Dame. I mean CJ is really really good. Uh, Do you but, keep Dame just because of his more iconic status? If he's already had some of the playoff success and he's a little farther along, I think so. I think so. I mean like, but I'm a, I like I'm a I'm a romantic sports fan. I like storylines and stuff like that. So yeah, I think I think you keep the guy with like the point nine second shot and the cool wrist move. That I hate Isaiah Thomas for trying to steal. I hate him. Hate ver- verging on outside of just sports. Hey, you can't swag a jack like that. That was clearly Damian Lillard's move, and now this other dude's trying to steal it. I say no, thank you, sir. What do you make of the uh, Festus Azili Portland Trailblazer era? Man, it's 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 going to be something I tell my kids about. I <laughs> I bought a Festus Azili jersey. Really. Yeah, just because I'm putting it on ice. I know in like 10 years, it's going to be fun to have a home white Festus Azili jersey. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just for the, just for the, that's the, that goes back to the hipster. You rock that mustache. You rock that Azili jersey in a few years. I'll go to, I'll go to, I'll be the old dude at Coachella wearing yes, a sir. Festus Azili jersey. Um, but 
it's it's he's a he seems like a really interesting, cool guy, yeah. which is good for him because it seems like he has int- other interests outside of basketball, which is nice because I don't know if basketball is going to work out for him, which sucks because he like seemed like a promising player, but that dude's legs are all messed up, right? He's, he's yeah, I think he get, just put a cadaver ligament in there just to see, like just put one of those in there see what happens. Yeah, oh, you pay. But I think he's a. I think he's a pre. I think he was pre med at Vanderbilt. He was, yeah, yeah. So, so that's. Oh, by the way, you know, do you, this isn't a basketball story, but that uh, what was his name, Myron Roll? Do you remember him, the football player who went to, went to Florida State? Florida State. Yeah. He's like doing. He's like doing cool stuff now. Oh yeah, he's doing a neurosurgery residency at Harvard. Yeah, he was a Rhodes Scholar. Yeah, he was a Rhodes Scholar too. What yeah. a cool guy. I'm glad it's working out for him. Yeah, he was uh he was briefly in the Tennessee Titans training camp or something. I don't yeah. even think he made an active roster at, at any point. Um, who is your favorite kind of all time Blazer? Maybe going back to your childhood, or, or maybe somebody current. I love Kevin. I loved Kevin Duckworth for sentimental reasons. Uh-huh. Just because he was like a big ponderous dude, and then uh, and then he was also like super nice to me and the other little Jewish kids at uh <laughs> at the Middleman <laughs> Jewish Community Center. But uh, were any, oh, I, what are the other guys not nice? Was uh, they was were Jerome Kersey sideways anti- glances. Zionist. Clyde Drexler is a staunch anti-Zionist. And, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, they were all nice too. But Kevin Duckworth was like especially nice. He was like fun and goofy. Um, but my favorite all time is another guy from that is Jerome Kersey. May he rest in peace. Yeah. Um, and he he wasn't so much at the time. When when they were playing, I mean, he was cool. I liked him, but like he didn't really stand out. But I got to work with the trail. Well, not with the Trailblazers post game show. Uh huh. When I was still living in Portland, uh, this show called Talk and Ball, where like I was the comic relief, and you know, they had like a host, a sports writer, a former athlete, and then me. And Jerome Kersey was on that show with me a bunch, and he's just like he was the sweetest dude. Ever. He was like such a nice guy and walk, watching him walk around uh, the Rose Garden and like seeing him interact with people. And like he, if you want, you know, he'd give you his time freely. If you wanted to talk to him, you know, he'd talk. If you wanted a picture, he'd take a picture with anybody. He was just like re- really, really just like an authentically good person. Like, you know, when you, you look at somebody and you're like, geez, you're like the real deal, man. And he was the real deal. Uh, so he, through, through getting to know him a little bit after his playing career, he became my favorite blazer ever. And no, uh, no jail blazers making the list. Yo, Rasheed Wallace is, if, if <laughs> we're not, if we're going, if we're going just on the court, Rasheed, Rasheed Wallace, I loved him. I loved him when he was getting texts. I yeah. love the whole thing. I love the jail blazers team. I can and everyone my age did too. Like, all the all the kids I went to school with, we all like really liked the Jailblazers. It was it was a pity that like these sports writers like vilified them. I mean, some <laughs> of them were villains, but like sure. Uh, I mean, Bonzi Wells was incredible. Bonzi Wells was incredible. Reuben yeah. Patterson on the court, incredible. Yeah, bat, he might be a bad actual person. Him and uh, <laughs> yeah. his Wikipedia is uh, not great. Quint Quintel Woods, uh, another difficult fella. Uh, he was the uh, the basketball card guy, right? When he got pulled over. <laughs> He did, he got he was one of the early dog fighting guys, but he was also the uh, basketball card guy. Yeah, he gave the guy his basketball card. <laughs> That's a great one sentence. Yeah, he was uh, early on the dog fighting. 
But then he uh, was he was a pre I think a, a pre a Michael Vick yeah. Uh, <laughs> that I mean that's basically his Wikipedia now. Fog dogs <laughs> gave the police officer his ba- basketball card. I think those two cancel each other out. I you know, but I don't love dogs. <laughs> yeah, I'm just joking. I'm joking. What's uh, your uh, take on uh, Zach Randolph turning his career around? I like Zebo. I I. I, he was he was fun here. It was it seems insane that he was ever a trailblazer. That seems like forever ago to me. And I guess it was. Kind of, I mean, it was, was, it was a while of, ago. Yeah, yeah. But like, uh, I was I was happy for him. He seemed he seemed like a chill dude. It was when the Blazers were playing the Grizzlies, and I think it was in the in the playoffs a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, we uh, we euthanized he, the Lamarcus Aldridge. You did era you did. of the Blazers, like the the Batum left, uh, everyone left, like everyone yeah. left. Because yeah, and thank you for doing that because it, it it really created a platform for Myers Leonard in all of our lives, and we like that, and would thank you as Blazer fans. But uh, <laughs> he, I, he was incredible in that series. He he was. Do you remember that? I vividly. Yeah, I mean, I was going to the games and. I will say one of the bad things about the Blazers Grizzlies games is they made fun. I remember this too, because like I have some communication with the Grizzlies and do some promotion work in Nashville for the Grizzlies every now and then at a Blazer. I just want to say at game three, maybe it's game two. I can't remember. Uh, the they brought in you know like in the in arena entertainment they always bring in like a like a fake fan like here's our trailblazers fan and everyone boos them uh they asked like the, spills a cake on them or yeah has yeah, yeah that yeah that thing like that. so yeah. right before they spilled the cake they were like what's your name blazers fan and he goes my name is east nashville and that killed because memphis people hate nashvillians okay. and i was sitting there like guys we are this is Team Tennessee. We're cheering for the Grizzlies. Right? Why are you tearing me down? You just put me, you just painted me as a Blazer fan, like just for the cheap joke to all the fans. So it hurt me. Yeah. Is, I didn't know. Na- Nashville and Memphis, they don't like each other? It is more of a, I don't, I don't want to get people angry. It's more oh, yeah. of a one-way street of dislike coming from Memphis. Memphis, not like I mean, there are there are people everywhere who dislike other places, and and there definitely is a Memphis Nashville rivalry going back to Sun Records and Elvis Presley, and then you know bringing it into my high school days of like the Titans and the Oilers moving to Memphis and then coming to Nashville. So there's some of that, you know, and there's some all that like the Memphis people are sick of all these stupid GQ pieces of Nashville being in its city. So there's, oh, right. some, there's some of that stuff. There's a tension. There definitely is things where I tweet on Twitter, like Nashville Grizzlies events, and people are angry about it. Like, they're angry people in Nashville are cheering for the Grizzlies. So That's crazy. There's something. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I guess, but going back to answer your question, yeah, Zach Randolph, I just remember him and, like, Tony Allen – hollering it like blazer fans when at the game in portland like from the bench like actively talking shit to other blazer fans and like even though i am a blazer fan i i admired it i was like yeah i like that good yeah those I, guys love, are... I love i love some shit talking like some friendly sports shit talking i love did nick calathis open his mouth because he uh he was doing things against you guys he was doing things against <laughs> us. What happened to him? Where is it? Does he own a car dealership now? What happened? No, to man. He he uh, he took that good European money. Ooh, good for him. Yeah, I think that would be fun if you were like kind of a mediocre basketball player. Just go like live in Italy 
That'd oh, be awesome. Man. I would. The Australian Basketball League is what I have my sights on. Just oh, like no. Australia seems like the greatest place. Like I visited there once, seemed wonderful. Like everyone seemed nice and friendly. Like the idea of being like a pro baller over there, that seems a good way to go. I feel like I would rather be a star player in on a European team than like, I know the money's way different, but then like a 13th man, maybe if I were like a veteran, if I'd made a bunch of money, but like, uh, but you know, I had some money put away and I could either be like a 13th man on like a, the Sacramento Kings or like the, the Kobe Bryant thing that people talked about, like he was going to do, like yeah, he was yeah, going to yeah. go to like China for a billion dollars or like to Italy or something. That, yeah. I, I think I would do that. I mean, especially if it like it was the idea of being like, I'm not going to play here, or am I going to go drop 20 points a game, like like over in Milan? Like, I'll do that. Right. Exactly. Just go be like half wine drunk at games because nobody really cares. <laughs> It'd be awesome. Wear yeah. white pants. Yeah. All right. Last thing, uh, you mentioned Myers Leonard, uh, and maybe the, the little bit of I don't know if there's trouble in Portland of people not being big Myers Leonard's fan. It's, I I kind of hate yeah. him. Again, going going back to that thing, my own personal prejudices that I have, where yeah. I didn't like Blake Griffin's bro humor. To me, he is like a Winklevoss, and he's he's got his salmon shorts on, and it's like, I don't like this guy at all. But I feel like he's actually getting negative energy from other NBA players and, and fans. To yeah. now, I feel bad. Like, have I contributed to the bullying of Myers Leonard? He does get kind of bullied. I, I like Myers. He's weird, like... He, he's actually kind of my buddy, but uh, but pe- but people do hate on him here in Portland, especially. They booed him the other night. Really? Yeah, he like missed. Uh, he took three three pointers and missed all of them, and the Portland fans started booing him, which oh, sucks. That's, that's not right. You're 100 percent right. He's a he's a total bro. He's and like uh, he's got a, ba- a bad case of bro humor. Uh, he, yeah, he he loves taking Instagrams, or he of he used to of his dog. Of his dog, man, is it what you mean? Yeah. Used to is the dog dead? I think the dog was having some health problems. I, he's got socks of the dog. I, I know he has. I saw that on Instagram. He had custom socks made of his dog. Yeah, that's kind of like a fun thing. He ultimately he's like if somebody's like a bro and they're a bad person, then I hate him. But he's like a good dude. He's just like a friendly, nice guy. He just he went to the private school. Like he just is the people he grew up around. You yeah. know, I can't. I shouldn't hold that against him. He's just he's just like a he's just like an affable. He's an affable sort of dude who yes owns salmon pants. <laughs> I li- I'm, that's not I'm not I'm not I'm not saying that as a joke. I literally saw him in Las Vegas wearing salmon shorts, and I was like, you would. Ooh. I believe every word of it. I bet he's like kind of sad. He's seven feet tall. Because you oh, can't yeah. flip flops with like a bottle opener in the bottom of them in that size. <laughs> That's very true. Actually, hey, one more, one more final yeah. question. Uh, you're kind of tall. I know you, you've said you're a little, little, little larger. Yeah, you're, you're a tall guy too. Is that right? Yeah, I'm six three. Oh, six three. So who is your oh, like? Who's your basketball? Whatever doppelganger. Oh, like when, when you play, when you're out there. Like like Boris Dia with a knee injury. Okay. Yeah. All right. I like like passing more than I like shooting. So it probably actually is like Boris Dia. I used to – because when I grew up playing basketball, I was like – because I've been tall. I didn't like have a growth spurt. Like I've like always been tall. Right. So back in the day in like grade school, middle school, it was mostly me standing under the basket and like missing 
easy layups and then grabbing my own rebound and getting like six rebounds on like one possession. Yeah. And then, uh, so, so later on, like in rec league and stuff like that, I, I really started to enjoy setting screens and passing. There you go. Yeah, the, our, none of the, I, I played football in high school and, uh, none of the, none of the football players were on the basketball team for whatever reason, but we all still loved playing basketball. So we had a rec league team and we like, it was awesome. It was like, we were like really good. It was crazy. But we also played like a football team. So it was like this weird, violent pickup basketball with like me and like a couple other 300 pound dudes. And then like some running backs. It was a weird scene, man. Yeah. That's tough. I, I always, as the tall guy was down low, but if I yeah. ever ended up being against, you know, like the actual 250 pound guys, I was, it was trouble. Cause you're they were like, yeah, you're not getting, you're not getting a rebound. They were just, yeah. yeah they throw me around. Well, Ian, Thanks so much for uh, coming on. Uh, enjoy your time back home in Portland. You going to that Spurs Trailblazers game on Monday? Nah, tomorrow I have to. Uh, actually, at, at 5 a.m., I'm flying to Florida, to West Palm Beach, Florida, to go hang out with my grandparents. What? Yeah. <laughs> your Jewish grandparents live in Florida? They live in West Palm Beach, yes. That's perfect. As it, as it was foretold in the Torah. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect Ian really appreciate your time and uh, also thanks for being a listener we uh, we love having you my my pleasure thank, keep doing the podcast I really I really love it I really sincerely enjoy it thank you for what you guys do you got it alright have a great uh, rest of your night bud hey thanks Ian you too alright big thanks to Ian Check out his funny and very long podcast, All Fantasy Everything. More importantly, be like Ian and become a supporter of our show by giving us a couple bucks a month at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. Also, go to fastbreakbreakfast.com on your next coffee break and vote for the basketball tournament team we are supporting, the Memorial Magic alums. All right. Follow us on Twitter at FastBreakBreak. Like us on Facebook. Thanks for listening. You guys are the best. And remember, breakfast is the most important thing. Yeah, never apologize for being G&G. Fast break break, man. You understand?